Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. It's Coast to Coast AM, broadcasting from the Derby City, 840 WHAS in Louisville, Kentucky, one of the many iHeart Studios. I'm Connie Willis. Hey, if you uh, have never met George Norrie, you can do that. He's going to be at the uh, New Living Expo, and he's going to be, uh, it's like, explore the extraordinary in a special presentation that's going to be on Saturday, April 25th. If you'd like more information, want to know about the tickets or any other things that uh, George is going to be at and uh, what he's talking about next, what he's doing, then go to coasttocoastam.com. That's where you're going to find all sorts of great stuff that all of us that are listening to right now are into. It's just our world. Well, um, coming up more by Mr. Anthony F. Sanchez. We're going to hear all about Ghost Hunter apps and uh, today's new technology of how these tools have, have progressed into apps for your smartphone. Now, how cool is that? So more of that, that is what's next here on Coast to Coast AM. Stay with us. This is going to be a fascinating next two hours. Thank you for joining me here tonight on Coast to Coast AM. I'm Connie Willis, and we are going to be talking with Anthony F. Sanchez next. Anthony has uh, an incredible background when it comes to the paranormal, as well as, um, and we're talking all sorts of paranormal, um, ghosts as well as uh, Area 51. He was the author of UFO Highway. That was a big hit and still is. And he's also a Silicon Valley, uh, I like to say guru, maybe geek might be the word. I, I'll let him uh, say whatever he wants to say and call himself whatever he wants to call himself. Hello, Anthony. How are you doing? Hi, Connie. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's great to talk with you. I really uh, am looking forward to hearing about this new technology and how people can use it because I know it's uh, probably been a long time coming. Before we get to it, please tell everybody your background um, in order to develop these apps. Well, I've been a software engineer for approaching 25 years now. I've been developing in the Silicon Valley for companies like uh, Intel Corporation, NEC, uh, Hewlett-Packard. I was the first corporate webmaster for 3Com Corporation. I uh, spent a year at Netscape Communications back in the early days of the Silicon Valley. Uh, so I have a really varied background uh, in, in technology. I've also worked for the federal government in the state of California through a company that I previously had uh, with a, uh, where I held the CMATS, which is a California Multiple Award Schedule, which meant I could work for the government. So I have experience in both the private and public sector and uh, really uh, got into the paranormal development because of uh, things that I was, I was seeing occurring uh, in the development, of, you know, in the area of development for it, and I just wasn't happy with it. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to leverage my skills and, and, and see what I can do for the paranormal community. Did you really think that you could make an app beforehand, or did you say, I mean, did you go, hey, I know I can do this, or let me investigate this, see if I even can, and then find out that you could? Well... I knew that a lot of the applications that were out there were really 
pretty much doing nothing. There were prank applications. Uh, there were a lot of people who were complaining about the fact that the applications were based on randomness. They were not using any mathematics. They were not using any scientific principles. Uh, none of them were even leveraging the intrinsic technology that's embedded within the devices, like smartphones, laptops, tablets. And I come from a background where all I did was uh, was develop applications that leverage the, the technology, the intrinsic technology, uh, you know, performing calculations uh, based on readouts from hardware analysis, things like that, you know. And I also had uh, spent considerable, a considerable amount of time working with Bluetooth technology, which is radio scanning. Most people don't realize that what Bluetooth actually is, it's a scanning technology that uh, scans the industrial, scientific, and medical uh, frequencies that are part of the ultra-high frequency range. So I knew that there was a potential to leverage that as part of software for the paranormal community because what, what most applications that, that are used in the paranormal do is detect EMF, which is electromagnetic fluctuation. And I knew that with radio scanning, I can detect, or I could detect, electromagnetic interference, which is the same as uh, RFI, which is radio frequency interference. They're the same exact thing. And uh, once I realized that I could do that through my software, I realized that uh, I had a, I would unleash a Pandora's box of, of applications. Uh, right. And, uh, and I did. I, I've since developed uh, over, the, I want to say, eight or nine applications, all of them considerably different from one another. Um, they, do a, they do a wide, you know, uh, range of things. None of them are, are exactly the same. I know. I'm very I, proud of. I do love them. I'm so happy that you sent me some so that I could check them out. What is the history, though, of paranormal tools? What It seems so basic uh, until your stuff has come along, at least to me. You know, I get asked that question a lot, and I usually tell people that there's a website that they should go to, number one. It's called itcvoices.org. And a friend of mine, his name is Tim Woolworth, I met him through Bill Murphy of uh, Sci-Fi's Factor Fake Paranormal Files. Uh, Bill had told me about Tim, and through Tim's website, I was able to research uh, the history of ghost box communication. As a matter of fact, Tim had written an article called The Creator of the Franks Box, uh, the father of ghost box communication, where he talked about Frank Sumption. Frank Sumption way back in the 1990s, was the person who spearheaded Ghostbox technology. Uh, initially, he had been playing around with an EVP maker uh, software application from Germany, an ITC developer out in Germany. <clears throat> Again, ITC, because the people always ask me, what does ITC stand for? That's instrumental transcommunication. And that essentially covers uh, a wide array of technologies that allow you to perform two-way communication with the other side. And Tim Woolworth likes to call the other side whatever entities may exist on the other side. He just refers to them as the others. Uh, but a lot of people uh, refer to them as ghosts or spirits. Some people even refer to malevolent uh, entities that they come in contact with as demons. Uh, Tim doesn't like the word demon. Um, I know a lot of guys, that, uh, a lot of guys and girls who are in the uh, paranormal community we don't like talking about demons or demonology because 
It's a touchy subject. But the tools that you leverage in the ITC community, which are your traditional analog ghost boxes, or, and now the applications that are coming out, um, a lot of paranormal teams use them in situations where they are trying to cleanse the home or trying to understand what is happening in the home that is, that is affecting the people that live there. Um, so this is like a, a really a really powerful part of the paranormal community that's now emerging as what I what I like to believe as the forefront of the technology that's being leveraged. Um, you have traditional ghost box makers like uh, out of Texas. There's a gentleman named Andre Ruler who has kind of picked up where Frank Sumption left off. Uh, Bill Murphy was on a show with Frank Murphy uh, in 2009, right here on Coast to Coast AM. And uh, they had discussed, uh, you know, the ghost box technology that Frank had developed. Uh, Bill Murphy uh, you know, is also a producer, as in, in addition to being a uh, personality on uh, the Sci-Fi Channel and, and the various videos that he, you know, produces. Uh, but I believe one of them was a documentary that may have even touched on ghost box technology. So, but uh, Frank Sumption, who recently died, uh, again, on the Coast to Coast, they had a, a, a show about that. Uh, once Frank passed on, you started to see other guys come to the forefront, other uh, people come to the forefront of ghost box technology. And, uh, uh, one of them is, like I said, Andre Willer. He's a friend of mine out of Texas. He makes the Andre's box, not unlike the Frank's box from Frank Sumption. And uh, people you know, uh, that are a part of the paranormal community, uh, they really covet these boxes. It's the scanning radio frequencies uh, that allows real-time two-way communication with entities uh, via persistent scanning of frequencies. And that's something that's really popular because of the popularity of, no, I'm not going to say popularity, of, I meant frequency of, and that's no pun intended, by the way, of direct right. responses, of direct responses. See, a typical ITC researcher, what they do is, is they use a dose box, uh, a physical box, or they'll use a software application that also scans radio frequencies using Bluetooth technology, and they will literally go into like a haunted location, ask questions, and see if the radio frequencies are being disrupted. Uh, in the case of the software, when there's radio disruption, the application knows to pull from a database of audio files, you know, tens of thousands of audio files, uh, based on a combination of two things, it's the frequency and the uh, signal strength. So whatever the frequency is and whatever the strength of the frequency is, the signal strength is, it knows what file to play. So you can get a combination of phrases, a combination of words uh, that will result in what are recognized as direct responses. And when you're working with a traditional box, like a Frank's box or a non-Frank's box, it's the same thing. However, you're working with live radio. And live radio, you know, scanning to the frequencies of live radio, um, you have the potential for you know, a series of phrases or words that are relevant to the questions that are being asked by the paranormal researchers. And a lot of people didn't think that that was possible on the computer, but it now is because uh, a gentleman by the name of Steve Huff, who I met last year and who is a well-known and well-regarded ITC researcher, he has over 100,000 followers worldwide because of his 
of his volume of work that's uh, all cataloged on the Internet through YouTube, his blog. Uh, Steve is like a, is one of the most respected people in the ITC field. Um, he approached me and said, Anthony, is it possible to scan Internet radio stations? Can we do that? And I said, well, I just happen to uh, own a company that <laughs> that for the past two years has been developing Internet radio software applications. Right. And uh, you can, you know, if people that look me up, they, they can learn all about that. I have a little, a little company on the side that does radio applications uh, for shoutcast technology. Right. So I told Steve, I said, you know what, it's possible. I said, I, I wrote an application in the past that uh, performed scanning of uh, shoutcast stations. That was for the metadata, the information about the station. Uh, but it never occurred to me to actually play what was coming from the station. So I looked into it, found out that it could be done. So now we have a device called the Spirit Communications Device, the SCD-1, which has taken off like wildfire. I mean, it has literally been sold on practically every continent on the planet. Paranormal teams uh, from France, Spain, Italy, Portuguese, uh, from Portugal, uh, let's see, uh, Germany, the Netherlands, uh, Norway, uh, Russia, Argentina, Mexico, Canada, you name it, everywhere. I mean, literally quite everywhere. There's paranormal teams using the SCD-1 because of the fact that it's connected to the Internet, it's scanning Internet radio stations, and the results are phenomenal. I, I didn't think that it would be that good of a tool. But if you go to YouTube and you type in SCD-1, there's literally thousands of videos out there now in multiple languages. Um, so that, that was an exciting development. So the, like, a, like a Frank's box and an Andre's box, which is scanning radio, live radio on the AM and FM modulation, um, the SCD-1 is now scanning radio on shoutcast streaming uh, servers across the globe. Hmm. The voice you're hearing right now is Anthony Sanchez, Silicon Valley guru, I like to say, paranormal researcher, combined the two, and he has created apps for ghost hunting. It's called ghosthunterapps.com is where you can go to learn more about them. And he's telling us about those now. How many different apps do you have right now? And, again, I know you're touching on them. Uh, Tell me about what each one does. So the one we were just discussing right now, the Spirit Communications Device 1, or the SCD-1, that's the live Internet radio scanner. I also have an application called the Ghost Cam Pro, which uses military-grade motion detection algorithms. There's the uh, thermal pattern uh, motion detection, there's bio-signature motion detection, and there's fractal patterning. Uh, motion detection. This is really sophisticated stuff, all in the name of catching a ghost on film. And that's the Ghost Cam Pro, which is really cool because I remember seeing a movie called The Conjuring about uh, Lorraine and Ed Warren. And one of the scenes in that movie actually inspired me to build the Ghost Cam Pro because they had a device that essentially detected the temperature in the room. And if if the temperature shifted either upward or downward, like if there was a cold spot that just, you know, spontaneously uh, happened in a room, a camera would take a photograph at that instant. So Ghost Cam Pro is not only videotaping a specific room, or, you know, like, or filming a room, um, it's also used to detect 
uh, temperature uh, fluctuations. You can uh, use like a little $12 USB uh, temperature sensor that you plug into your device, whether it's, it's a laptop or a tablet, and the minute it detects a variance, it'll snap its photograph of the room, which is amazing. Wow. The other thing it does, too, is it has these audio spectrograms. It's, I have uh, in place a stereo audio spectrograms that literally, uh, literally allows you to see the audio in the room, which is a unique thing. Uh, you know, being able to see the audio that is present in the room that the human ear cannot hear is so cool, and the ghost hunters love that. Uh, it is very memory intensive, and it usually requires it requires a machine that has a lot of memory. But we're working on that right now. That's a that's a feature that's really popular, and, and uh, that's part of the Ghost Cam Pro. Well, when you're talking about when you can see the audio, what you're saying is if uh, I'm in a room and I ask a question, and though uh, I don't hear the answer, and that's when people later on they listen to it and they go, oh, there was the answer, you know, when they play it back on tape. But you're saying that uh, at that point you can see the audio, the graph go up and down. Even though you can't hear it, you can see it, and you know you got something. Yeah, it, it, you know, it, to, pro to provide a visual description, it was like it's, imagine looking at a waterfall, uh, with, with the sideways moving waves <laughs> or ripples. Uh, it's kind of like a ripple effect and, and like a static waterfall. And you can literally see when something begins to emerge. Um, one of the other programs that I have is called EVP Analyzer. EVP mm -hmm. stands for Electronic Voice Phenomenon. And, it, it, and what this application does is allows you to connect a condenser microphone to your laptop or your tablet and position that in a room, and you can monitor the audio as it's being recorded. Um, Noreen Balovich, who's uh, well-known on the Internet for doing the Paranormal Zone TV show on YouTube, she does these weekly shows where she does these ITT sessions. Her and Dave Spinks, uh, who's a well-known and well-regarded uh, paranormal investigator, the two of them use EDP Analyzer. And one of the sessions that we did many months ago was crazy because we started to hear these demonic grunt noises and growling uh, coming through the microphone and on the screen, on the computer screen, on the uh, audio spectrogram, we started to see faces emerge in the, uh, the spectrogram, like these demonic, mean-looking to what Jason was saying in the last couple of hours, how uh, these spirits can um, manipulate what is seen. So obviously they can manipulate your programs. That is the, you know, I had a conversation with uh, Bill Murphy way back in the early days when I was asking him about, you know, the direction that I should take with some of the applications that I was developing. A lot of people don't know this, but Bill Murphy, in addition to being a producer and a personality on, on sci-fi, He's actually a scientist and an engineer, and he knows quite a bit about the technology. And um, one of the conversations that we had uh, was something that 
that was something that we'll talk about here in just a minute. We've got to take a break, so hold on to that because I want to hear. I know you two getting together will be will create some wonderful stuff. So it's Anthony Sanchez we're talking to here on Coast to Coast AM, and we've got more information on these Ghost Hunter apps coming up. It's Coast to Coast AM with Connie Willis. Great music in a gata de vida, baby. Mm-hmm. George Norrie, back tomorrow night. He's going to be talking with uh, Paul O'Brien, who left an executive position to invent a new category of software. This was in 89. He ended up selling it in 2007, and it was like the world's largest astrology website. And he's going to talk about all that and how cool that was. That's going to be tomorrow night here on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie. And tonight, of course, we're talking more software with Anthony Sanchez. And we'll be coming up with more right after this. If you want to know any information or any of the links that we've been talking about tonight, it's coasttocoastam.com that will help you out there. It's modern technology we're talking about here on Coast to Coast AM with Connie Willis connecting with the other side. Anthony Sanchez is who we're talking to. And Anthony, you know, last hour we're talking with uh, Jason McLeod talking about how dangerous it can be using a Ouija board and connecting with the other side. What do you say to that with your apps, and how different is this with uh, a Ouija board compared to yours? You know, I started writing a Ouija board application um, about a year ago, and I started to see some strange things occur during the beta testing, and I decided to stop working on the Ouija board app. Mm. Right. Um, so what, what, to the, to the what happened? People. Mm-hmm. What happened? What did you experience? Um, well, for one, it's not easy uh, to do because when you're working with software, um, I, I'm of, this, I'm of the, of the uh, mindset that I'm not going to produce an app for the sole purpose of selling an app. And you can go on to the Android Marketplace or the iOS Apple Store and find hundreds of Ouija board applications. Um, I'm, I'm going, to, I'm going to, to, to call them out and say that 99.99% of them, 99.999% of them are fake. And they're based on randomness, and they, they offer nothing to the paranormal community. And is, is this apps or the Ouija board apps? The Ouija board apps. Okay. Now, I prefer to work with a, a traditional, real Ouija board. A lot of people are afraid to use Ouija boards because... Uh, they open up portals or they uh, allow the introduction of entities into your, your home or the vicinity of where it is you're using the Ouija board. Um, and, you know, I remember reading, uh, and I, I believe you guys may have even mentioned this tonight uh, as well uh, when you were speaking with Jason, uh, I believe almost every case of the Warrens, uh, that Ed and Lorraine Warren, uh, research that turned out to have some type of a negative or malevolent component began with somebody using a Ouija board and inviting something negative into their life or in, so into their surrounding energy uh, uh, force. It, it, so it, it's something that, as a, from a software mindset, when I started working on my Ouija board app, and there are actually photographs that were leaked out there on the Internet of my Ouija board app, um, it, it really was kind of spooky, Connie. It was kind of spooky in how eerie uh, 
the app performed, how well it performed. And, and it, I kind of felt like it was affecting me personally. Oh. So I backed away from it and stopped working on that particular app. Well, details. Right, <laughs> details. You don't want to um, tell them. <laughs> I'm trying to get that out of you. Well, it was a combination of the two, of two apps. It was actually the Spirit Radar, which is an application that has a built-in uh, voice technology, a box technology. Box is the Latin word for voice. There are a lot of applications in the Android store and out there uh, in uh, the iOS store that use the word box to just represent the fact that there's a voice component, a vocal component. Well, I don't know if my friend will mind me telling this story, but uh, he was using the Spirit Radar at the same time that I was developing the Ouija app. Now, I don't know if it's because of the connection that we have. He's like one of my closest buddies. He was using the spirit radar and the voice component. Uh, it was uh, not only spelling out the word, well, his name, which is not a, a typical spelling for the name. The name is Rick. Most people spell their name, you know, if the name is Richard and they use the name Rick, it's R-I-C-K. Well, Rick spells it R-I-C. And the spirit radar started spelling out his name Rick, R-I-C, over and over. And then the vocal component started, you know, vocalizing the, the name Rick. Ooh. And it only dawned on him recently that at around that time, his ex-wife had passed away. Oh. And, you know, it's now it's easy to realize that his ex-wife was trying to communicate with him. And... I started seeing things appear up on my appear in my Ouija board app in a similar fashion, and I could and I was under a lot of stress at the time. And they say that when you're under a lot of stress and, and you're dealing uh, with you know things that are outside of your control, that's not the best time to be using uh, tools like a Ouija board, uh, you know, or, or any type of an ITC uh, tool that will put you in connection with something that could possibly be malevolent. And so that's why I backed away from it. I promised Noreen Balovich, uh, who's a good friend of mine, and uh, she's a well-known, uh, you know, personality in the paranormal community, mm -hmm. that I would finish the Ouija board, but just not right now because of all of the stress that I've been under and dealing with and uh, the things that I noticed because of the Ouija board, you know, during the beta testing, you know, like seeing my grandmother, who's been dead for over 20 years, seeing her name, and comments and the little uh, sayings that she used to make appear. Uh, so it just, I realized that I had formed some type of a connection. I love my grandmother. I miss my grandmother, you know, but at the same time, it was just too much for me to deal with. Well, not only that, but that's where uh, our last guest, Jason, was also saying, yeah, I mean, maybe it is uh, your long-lost relative or, you know, somebody that just passed, or it could be a demon and they're using that to get to you. So you never know what's coming through the doors like that. So right. that is uh, that is a very touchy thing. So we're talking to Anthony Sanchez right now, and he has been telling us about the Ghost Hunter apps that he's developed uh, that go on your uh, PC, right? No Mac, no Apple products yet? Not yet. Uh, we just started developing. So we have a bunch of applications. We have the SCD one, which is our number one you know, most popular app around the world. There's quite literally thousands of, of people using the SCD1. Um, the Ghost Cam Pro, the GB1, the GB Rift, all of our applications 
are right now being converted to uh, Android uh, and iOS platforms. So in about three months, every app that we sell will be available for all those Macintosh people and all those Android people. I'm very excited <laughs> about that. And so are we Mac people. Um, you were talking before about uh, – sorry, I had to throw that in at you. You, you were talking about <laughs> Bill Murphy before. and uh, or Yeah, you guys were putting your heads together and you came up with something? Right. Bill and I uh, – I met Bill at the GhostTown.tv event. This is uh, uh, Bill and Anita Murphy. They have this event that they do uh, in uh, Southern California. And back in 2011, I believe – uh, David Weatherly, who's the author of The Black Eyed Kids and um, Strange Intruders, he's a really good friend of mine. And he wow. and I, we go places together, like Area 51, and hopefully soon Skinwalker Ranch. We do all that kind of stuff together. She invited me to this event called Ghost Town uh, TV, GhostTown.TV, and I did not know Bill at that point. So when I got there, oh, I just fell in love with Bill Murphy and his wife, Anita, immediately. These are two of the most genuine people that you will ever meet. Uh, they're devoted to their communities. I mean, they volunteer. Uh, they're just great people. Bill is a scientific genius, especially when it comes to electronics and especially when you're talking about anything with, uh, having to do with the paranormal. Um, as a matter of fact, Bill was the first person to show me a Frank's box, so that was very nice. And most of us don't know this, but Bill Murphy was actually personal friends with Frank Sumption. And when he recently passed away, Frank, uh, he had helped uh, Frank's family with some fundraisers and stuff. And as well as coming on Coast to Coast AM with George Murray to talk about uh, the passion of Frank. But Bill and I are collaborating right now on, on uh, a top-secret hardware component. Uh, I don't want to give the name. I don't want to give any of the uh, design specifications. But, uh, you know, we, we briefly touched on something, and we have an idea, and we're going to, you know, work on it. And uh, Bill, uh, you know, I, I want to say last October came on board as pretty much the, uh, the, the leader of the uh, scientific uh, research and development uh, portion of our company for hardware. Because Bill does a lot with hardware. And uh, so we're going to work on some really interesting things for people, uh, hardware components that may actually communicate with the software interface. So you could have a software interface that's affecting a piece of hardware that you set in the middle of a room, and I'm not going to say what it'll, what it'll do, not right now, oh. too soon, but it will okay. be very exciting. But it's going to do something different than uh, record EVPs and take pictures of uh, – uh, anything that it might detect. It's just going to be different from all the other apps you have, right? It's going to be completely different from everything. Hmm. Interesting. Let me ask you this. The the, the history and, and the research I've done, people that do create, I guess, I don't know if it's just the apps or they recreate, recreate um, talking to uh, the other side. Maybe it's just the apps in general. They they seem to die soon and early in life. <laughs> Is that right? Tell, tell me so, about that. Yeah. And how old are you? <laughs> I'm 44 years old. And oh, man. I'm not going anywhere anytime soon. Let's hope not. But it is true. Um, there are some uh, well-known uh, inventors and researchers who work in uh, the ITC field who developed uh, various uh, devices uh, who just subsequently passed away, you know, at the – of their career, and uh, it's just uncanny. You know, Frank Sumption passed away, and then the maker of the Joe's Box 
passed away. Then there was the, the maker of the mini box passed away. And, and it's just, you know, these, it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of weird how, you know, these brilliant minds create these devices and then they're gone. Well, so what do you I'm think? Hoping, I'm hoping that I stay around. You know what I mean? Okay, you you go to uh, with, you, with your UFO Highway book, a fascinating book, incredible. You know, Area 51, all these neat, cool things that you do, like um, that's UFO related, alien related. Um, you know, you're still alive, and now these guys get involved. Well, not, not every one of those guys live either, by the way. But now you're going into the demonic world. Do you think maybe that might be a little? Which one's scarier to you? Well, I don't demonics or aliens. <laughs> Well, okay, so here's a little bit of the, the trivia for people. Most people don't realize this, but back in 2009, 2010 was when I first started toying around with Bluetooth technology for the purpose of scanning uh, ultra-high-frequency uh, radio range. And when I met Bill Murphy, uh, with, along with David Weatherly and uh, Paul Bradford and a whole bunch of other people, at that Ghost Town TV event, I had already been working on prototypes, software prototypes, not for the purposes of ghost hunting, but for the purposes of detecting uh, alien, you know, transmissions across radio frequencies. Uh, most people that know me from my book, UFO Highway, they all, they're well aware of who Paul Benowitz was, and they know that Paul Benowitz had uh, intercepted what he believed to have been alien radio signals that were emanating from uh, Coyote Canyon, somewhere between Coyote Canyon, uh, which is near uh, Kirkland Air Force Base, all Imagine a soldier. The way up to the northern part of New Mexico in the Dulce, New Mexico region. Uh, which is uh, in the Hickory Apache Reservation. The perfect um, area for all of that, right? Right. So I had wanted to experiment and see if I could come up with some type of, type of software-based radio scanning technology that I could take with me on location to places like Area 51, Edward Air Force Base, China Lake, uh, Bill Air Force Base, which is the most heavily black-budgeted Air Force Base in the nation, right north of where I live. Uh, and and in, in Dulce, New Mexico, as well. Um, once I realized through utilizing my applications that I was potentially picking up ghosts or spirits because of the nature of the responses that I was receiving, it was a whole new ballgame. I mean, I totally stopped with the uh, the research aspect for the, the purpose of contacting aliens. And I started thinking about, can I utilize this in some type of paranormal capacity for uh, ghost hunting? And once I realized that I could, I'd never look back. Uh, GhostHunterApps.com was born, my website, and I now have three different ghost boxes that are being used by tens of thousands of people worldwide, the GB1, the GB Rift, and the Spirit Box one, which was actually the first one that I wrote and incorporates a lot of the code that I used to uh, manipulate the modulations and try and see if I could discover voices or sounds and patterns uh, in radio frequencies. Tonight's guest is Anthony Sanchez here on Coast to Coast 
AM, and he's talking about the Ghost Hunter apps that he has created. You can go to ghosthunterapps.com to learn more about that. Now, Anthony, when you say that they're detecting the ghost, uh, what, what you believe is a spirit, how do you not? How are you not sure it's not an ET from all your prayer work? Well, get this: a lot of the paranormal teams that are out there who incorporate, um, you know, uh, sky watching uh, for UFOs and traveling to locations like Skinwalker Ranch, you know, well, the perimeter of Skinwalker Ranch, uh, same as, uh, uh, you know, going to, like, uh, Alamo, Nevada, which is uh, off the southern uh, portion of, uh, of, uh, Cur- uh, of uh, Nellis Air Force Base, which uh, is the southeastern portion of Nellis Air Force Base. Everybody's trying to get close to the S-4 facility or where they think the S-4 facility might actually be at Area 51. A lot of these paranormal teams and a lot of independent uh, UFO, uh, UFO researchers, ufologists, who bought the software are telling me that they're thinking that they're actually coming into contact with uh, with, with alien entities, um, mm-hmm. interdimensional you know, uh, entities that they can't explain, but are receiving direct responses from that have nothing to do with uh, the familial, which would mean like a parent or a relative who passed away. Um, these are people who are making contact, uh, asking questions, and receiving uh, patterns that are uh, similar to binary uh, segments, segments of binary code. Uh, through, uh, through analyzing the, uh, the audio segments that they're receiving back and then you know, recording them and then reviewing them through some sort of analysis, it's strange. Everybody that uses the ghost boxes, the ghost box technology, because remember, the the core of the ghost box technology is one thing. It's scanning radio frequencies through a specific range and looking at at all the different signal strengths. I use a technology that's called RSSI. It's Radio Signal Strength Indicators. And the indicator will tell you, okay, you are at 2.402 megahertz, or kilohertz, excuse me. And the, the strength of that frequency was between 0 to 100. Uh, it'll come back. It was, it was at 76. It was at 76 percent, uh, 76 percent of the total strength, of the total possible signal strength. And uh, so, using that combination of variables, you're able to establish patterns and you know see these patterns that emerge. And determine if there's some type of communication happening. Um, what I decided to do was, is because there's tens of thousands of possibilities, I decided to assign uh, unique global identifiers to each individual MP3 or audio file Excellent. and put that into a matrix or a database and know that when said frequency is hit at said strength, that's the file to play. So that's how people are able to use the technology and determine if they're getting any type of response at all. And the popularity of the ghost box technology is going beyond your typical paranormal teams, and it's going into UFO research as well because people are using it, thinking they're contacting uh, uh, interdimensional entities. And I'm sure that uh, we're going to be hearing about a Bigfoot box or more in the future. We'll ask you about that when we come back. This is Connie Willis. You're listening to Coast to Coast AM, and we're talking with Anthony Sanchez. More to come and possibly your phone calls, too, next on Coast to Coast AM. 
Coast to Coast AM, Connie Willis here on tonight's show, along with Anthony Sanchez. We're talking about ghost hunter apps, the technology that is being used today to go and detect um, entities, whether extraterrestrial or interdimensional or whatever else he's about to tell us. That's uh, happening for you this hour, and we're going to be taking your phone call. So let us know what you think about us and ask Anthony some questions right here at Coast to Coast AM. We're back on Coast to Coast AM. I'm Connie Willis, and we're talking with Anthony Sanchez. We're discussing his ghost apps, and we're also taking your phone calls. We've got some people on the line already. We'll get to that in just a second. Anthony, uh, I wanted to talk to you about the fake apps out there. Are there fake apps out there? You know, it's a very touchy subject, but, yeah, there are a lot of fake apps out, out there that are doing nothing for the paranormal community aside from giving them a black eye. And, you know, I'm not going to mention names. I'm not going to mention names of people or apps uh, in particular, but I will I will say that there are programs that are designed to randomly serve up audio, uh, you know, pieces of audio, slivers of audio that, that create nothing more than what is known as periodola, which is, which is what the mind formulates what it wants to hear. Um, you know, one app in particular uh, serves up, uh, slivers of Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, they, you know, the person took a, a large audio book, sliced it into thousands of little audio files, and then it randomly plays nothing. Nothing that is based on nothing. It plays audio that is based on nothing. And an app like that gives the paranormal community a black eye because it, it, how can a paranormal researcher who's helping out a family or helping out uh, somebody who's in some type of a situation where they're being affected by a malevolent entity, how can that person approach the person that they're supposedly helping and say, oh, this tool that does absolutely nothing says that you're being affected by such and such. So, so those types of apps I tell people to avoid. Um, there was a particular radar app. I'm not going to mention the name of the app, but it was a radar app that sold hundreds of thousands of copies. And then ultimately the source code was decompiled, and they found out that it was just a couple hundred lines of pure uh, it was just a random generator. It was just a random number generator. It did absolutely nothing. You know, a lot of people were, you know, quite suspect when they first saw my uh, radar application. They're like, wait a minute, is your radar application fake like the other guy's radar application? And, and the bottom line is it's not. I, I developed um, my radar application, which is called Spirit Radar, to use the same technology as my ghost boxes. It uses Bluetooth to scan the area for electromagnetic interference while active, actively performing a ping operation. The ping operation is an algorithm that scans the area of operation, which is the circumference of the Bluetooth uh, adapter, which can be it can vary between 10 to 30 feet depending on the, the, the strength of your Bluetooth adapter. Um, what it does is it, 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 it scans, it pings 360 times, one for each degree. Each ping coincides with a scan of a radio frequency. So when radio disruption is detected, a blip at that very moment, an energy signature will be drawn on the, on the radar screen. So the spirit radar is a tool designed using advanced math, radio scanning, and a combined method to detect both spirits or, or energy signatures that might be affecting the environment, uh, again, via electronic, excuse me, electromagnetic interference. So 
I, and I try to undo the black eyes that were given to the paranormal community technology-wise by people like the guy that wrote that specific, specific radar program that was fake. It was proven to be a fake. Um, so uh, that's, what, that's, that's what I'm in the business of doing. I'm trying to restore dignity to the paranormal community while other people are trying to sell apps. Uh, and and they're, they're getting away with it because other people are they're, they're, not, they're not paying attention to the details. And when you go to GhostCenterApps.com, I'm all about the details. I'm telling you exactly what I'm doing down to the scientific method, down to the technical processes, so that you understand that I'm doing a service to the paranormal community. I'm not giving them a fake app that's providing slivers of audio that are based on nothing. And oh, yeah. that's, that's what really irks me. That's where I get all emotional. I want to help the paranormal community, not charge them for something that gives them nothing. Well, when people do, uh, when they're buying these apps, and it's fake or not, I mean, what, what are these apps costing, The uh, all of them, yours as well as the others? Well, uh, my apps you know, typically go for twenty nine bucks, you know, thirty bucks. Uh, so some of them are twenty four ninety nine, uh, some of them are nineteen ninety nine. I'm not charging an arm and a leg for these apps. Uh, some of our more sophisticated apps are, are you know, are like the, the the motion detection application is very sophisticated, and it actually requires external components. That's a ninety nine dollar app. Um, there's a similar app to that that, is, that they charge twelve hundred dollars for. So you can pay 99 wow. bucks for mine or $1,200 for the other guy's app that is not even as sophisticated as my app. Again, I feel it is a, my duty to deliver to the paranormal community affordable apps that are scientifically valid, that they're mathematically proven, that they are apps of substance, the applications of substance that a paranormal team can afford, that they can take with them on investigations and produce you know, valid results. Whether sometimes they'll get nothing, sometimes they'll get everything. It depends well, on where they're in, where they are investigating and what they're investigating. Well, last night I was going over these apps. You were uh, training me on them, and um, I had the radar one on. And uh, not too far on to turning this thing on, there were three entities around me. Right. In the home that I grew up in, which uh, we've always spoken about it being interesting with a lot of crazy things happening and that's one of the reasons why I'm so open to this and to see three things and I went over into the area where one of the uh, entities or whatever on the radar where the blip was went over to where that blip was and an instant headache um, you know when I go out to things too I get that so um, whatever that was that disturbed the frequency enough to create a blip, there was definitely there, uh, right by the refrigerator. So I guess it was taking a snack. Um, what we're doing right now is we're talking to Anthony Sanchez on Coast to Coast AM, and he's telling us about uh, the new technology happening today with apps and Ghost Hunter apps, and that's what he has, Ghost huntersapps.com is where you can find his information. we got a lot of people on the line here, so I want to go there because they want to talk to you. So let's go ahead and talk to, uh, I think it's um, a wild card line, and it's Tom out of uh, Florida. He's a ham operator. Tom, how are you? What is your question? Well, Hello, Connie. Hi. <laughs> More Hi, Tom in Lakanto, Florida here. Nice uh, to talk very, with It's you. very early in the morning here. It's 4.19. 4 
Uh, I'm a very, very active ham radio operator. I've been doing this for over 50 years, and uh, I've tuned all the frequencies from uh, a low frequency all the way to microwave. And I'd like to ask Anthony uh, why they or why he's preferring the FM band or the AM band. And also, if Anthony, if you've ever had any experience with an FDR, a software-defined radio. You know, I actually researched. Uh, I actually researched uh, uh, an open source website that dealt with software defined radio. Uh, when I was first trying to find out if there was a way that I could scan uh, amplitude modulation and uh, frequency modulation (AM, FM), but unfortunately, the technology wasn't there yet. So that's why I used uh, Bluetooth technology because all day there are no people talking. There are no radio stations. No music being played on the ultra-high frequency. There are 79 available frequencies to scan that are being affected by electromagnetic uh, interference. So, or they can be affected by electromagnetic interference. So that's why I chose Bluetooth. Plus, because it's native to uh, tablet and laptop and PC platforms. Um, there's a specific DLL, which is a dynamic link library that I use which is called inthehand.net. And get this, guys, a lot of the, the developers that are out there, they don't give away their trade secrets. They don't tell you how they do things because they, they want to hoard that technology and make all the money that they can. I don't do that. I tell everybody exactly how I do it, how they can do it, so that they can contribute to the paranormal community and make ghost hunting and you know uh, all the things that encompass the paranormal better for everybody. And that's how I do it. That's how I. That's how I. That's just how I am. So that's true. You have uh, uncovered everything right there. You, you absolutely have. You told everybody what you're doing, and I know that I can't recreate what you're talking about. Well, with a little bit of practice, you can. <laughs> I'm going to make some apps too. Tom, thank you very much for your questions. Thank uh, you, Tom. Thank you. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed for sure. Wildcard uh, line three, Vince out of uh, Richmond, Virginia. Vince. Uh, hey, what, what okay, great. Hey, great, great show. Great show. You talk about hitting on all cylinders. You guys are doing it tonight. Really great with the the timing and the bumper music. Everything has been great. Excellent. Great. Great. Good to hear. Now, you want to ask something about a Ouija board? Well, he said that he prefers to use a a Ouija board. Uh, you know, a, a, a original Ouija board. So my question is, what kind does he use? And where can somebody find the best one if they wanted to get into using one? Right. Vince, the first one that I ever owned was Milton Bradley one. <laughs> I got it at Toys R Us when I was 13 years old. And then, unfortunately, my mom took it away and hid it, and I never saw it again. Uh, but in high school, I built my own custom Ouija board uh, in Woodshop. And uh, actually, it was eighth grade. And uh, I kind of lost track of that one, too. But over the years, I've come across Ouija boards uh, at, you know, uh, swap meets, uh, you know, with, uh, through other paranormal friends uh, in the uh, paranormal investigating uh, field. Uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the people that inspires me a lot is Steve Huff, Steve Huff from Huff Paranormal. And he and his, and his son, uh, Brandon, they actually custom built a Ouija board together. And it's beautiful. It's quite beautiful, actually. And I'm thinking of doing the same thing. I'm thinking of uh, building my own. Again, I develop software, but I love analog, you know, uh, physical analog equipment. Uh, I own an Andy's box from Andrew Openlander. You know, he's a brilliant ghost box maker. 
uh, Andre Willer from Texas. I'm about to buy one from him. Uh, people say, well, Anthony, why are you buying ghost boxes? Uh, it's like, and it's like, well, ghost boxes are what inspired me to create my ghost box apps. They scan radio frequencies. My apps scan radio frequencies. They do the same thing. So uh, Ouija boards, uh, except the Ouija board app that I was developing, like I was saying earlier, it was at a real stressful time in my life, and it really bothered me with some of the results that I was getting, so I kind of pushed it to the side. But hopefully next year I'll complete that app and make it available for everybody. Vince, thank you very much for your phone Thanks. call. That was, Thanks uh, very much. Thank you. Yeah, just if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Anthony Sanchez. He's talking about the uh, new software out that he has developed that uh, is uh, ghost hunting tools for you, whether it's radar or analysis or uh, Ghost uh, Cam Pro. He's got some really neat apps out there that um, people are writing in all over the world talking about how wonderful they are and what they've learned and uh, very interesting stuff for sure. A lot of people wanting to talk to you, Anthony. Let's go to the international line. Luke in Ontario, Canada. How are you doing tonight, Luke? How about you? Hi. Hi. What was so, your question uh, for Anthony? Uh, Anthony, I think you have a, an interesting take on uh, spirituality, using technology to develop um, uh, spirituality. Um, I'm a distributor for the Monroe Institute out of Faber, Virginia, Excellent. right near Washington, and um, they also have an aspect where they use technology to help uh, balance people's brain waves to, to make it more possible for people to experience psychic phenomena that everybody has available to them. And um, I'm wondering, um, do you think there's any crucial factors when you were younger that that made you investigate a technological pursuit of developing psychic phenomena and perception? Yeah, that's Very a good interesting. question. Uh, most of the people that know me for my book, UFO Highway, and have seen me speak for groups in Philadelphia and uh, Minneapolis, um, all, you know, all across the, uh, the West Coast, um, they've seen my, they've seen my uh, presentation. What if Frank could cut your rate plan in half? Goodbye, Verizon. I am done with AT&T. Bring your Verizon or AT&T bill, turn in your old phone, and we'll cut your rate plan in half. Switch now, and we'll pay whatever it costs for you to come to Sprint. They know that from a young age that I've had the, uh, I have personal experiences uh, that, that pushed me into not just technology, but into the field of ufology and researching the UFO and alien phenomena. Uh, again, if you want to know more about that, you can look up my book. It's called UFO Highway. And I spoke to George Nori about my book back in 2011, and a lot of people have been very receptive uh, to the information that I had to share. Um, technology, I've been programming since I was 10 years old. In 1980, I asked my dad to buy me a Big 20 uh, computer <laughs> out of the San Jose Mercury News Classifieds. Uh, we went to a house, we picked it up, and... I've never looked back. I've been programming uh, my entire life, practically. So um, it just was a, a natural progression for me to want to leverage my skills in software development uh, in areas of my personal life, which encompass spirituality, uh, personal uh, you know, uh, incidents that I had with UFOs and, uh, and uh, the alien phenomena. Uh, so it, it was just natural for me. Hey, Luke, um, are you still with us? Yes. What uh, What do you do down there in Monroe? I love that place, and thank you for the work that you guys do. 
Uh, the Moreau Institute in Faber, Virginia, uh, helps people to develop their spirituality uh, through the method of relaxing people. And, um, of course, studies, um, you know, whether it's the Louise Hay or in, in the United States or, or whether it's the, uh, the Russians in, um, in the former Soviet Union, everybody knows that when people want to develop spirituality, uh, the best way is to learn to relax. And, and the, the Soviets are great at this. Uh, they would take anybody and uh, teach them to relax for about five hours, and then they would try psychic phenomenon, psychic exercises to... Um, to explore um, uh, the thresholds of our consciousness. And um, the technology I've seen in the Moreau Institute is, is uh, somewhat unique and um, developed by Robert uh, A. Monroe, and his famous slogan is, I'm more than the physical body. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm more of a person, my background is uh, native spirituality. I, I followed native teachings most of my life. I'm 45 years now. But the Moreau Institute, of all the religions and all the um, practices I've seen in the world, has, has one of the best forms of technology. And Anthony Sanchez is, is very interesting to hear, because um, I'm thinking if Anthony had technology background as a plumber, he would be using plumbing to try to expose ghosts. <laughs> well, Luke, I have to tell you, I have to tell you that in the paranormal community, uh, something similar to what you're talking about, a lot of paranormal researchers use something called the Gansfeld experiment. And what the Gansfeld, uh, the Gansfeld experiment does is it allows the user to, uh, uh, one, they blindfold themselves, uh, they'll put on headphones that are exposing them to white noise at a specific frequency, uh, 432 hertz, which is Verdi's A. And, and then they're, they're in communication with, the, with like the, uh, the person who's conducting the experiment, and they go into a meditative state. And what this does is it allows their mind to uh, develop these heightened senses at that moment so that they could pick up on energies that are surrounding them. Luke, thank you for your uh, question, and uh, we'll get back with more answer if you need to do that, Anthony. We've got to take a break here. Stay with us here on Coast to Coast AM. Good night, good night, very good night. Keep the calls coming. It's Coast to Coast AM. How you like that music? Can you tell I was in music radio at one point? <laughs> Owner of a lonely heart, that's yes there. Well, we are uh, up to our last segment coming up here with Anthony Sanchez. We're talking about the latest advancements in motion detection, radio scanning, EMF detection, thermal detection, and audio analysis, all with today's technology in ghost hunting. So we're still taking your phone calls. More to come here on Coast to Coast AM. With over 600 radio stations across North America and beyond, it's Coast to Coast AM you're listening to. I'm Connie Willis. This is a place where you can talk freely about such things as we are tonight. And it's our final segment along with Anthony Sanchez and your phone calls too. Anthony, sorry to cut off Luke and and you. Oh, that was a fabulous conversation going on. And Monroe Institute, oh, well, that's one of the places I want to go so badly. And the reason why you heard how relaxed how wise. I mean, that man had, you know, he had it going on. <laughs> Great questions for you, right. too, and uh, very nice things, very positive. And, uh, Luke, thank you for your phone call. Are you ready for some more, Anthony? Oh, yeah. Okay, good, because you got them. <laughs> West of the Rockies, we've got Paul from Seattle calling in. Paul, how are you tonight, and what is your question for Anthony? 
Oh, I'm doing really good, and this this show is really good tonight, Connie. Uh, I couldn't believe it's just what I was thinking. We're all in sync tonight, and uh, Ant- I wanted to ask Anthony um, well, real quickly. Uh, are random because when you said random generators, I was going to ask you about that real quick. Uh, are, are they random? Uh, yes or no, and why? My main question was: uh, Do you think that the Nazis in World War II uh, used the, the spiritual? I can't even hear him anymore. I don't know if you heard him or not, Anthony. I but I, yeah, I'm I'm so sorry, but I couldn't hear what he was saying. Something was wrong with the phone line. Yeah, he was kind of going in and he was going in and out. But I think I did get two things. He wanted to know if uh, you thought the Nazis were using the uh, Ouija board, and he wanted to know about uh, if you were why are you were using two frequencies. I think I couldn't really catch that. Well, I mean, the Nazis, uh, you know. Uh, delve into mysticism quite a bit, actually. I mean, there's a whole history uh, that could be re- that, that anybody could research on the Nazis. Uh, there was the Soul Society. There was, uh, uh, there was the Vrail. There was, yeah, there was quite a bit, actually. Uh, but as far as uh, connecting the Ouija board to that, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, what was the other part, portion of this question? Um, it just kind of went in and out. I lost it. I think he was also uh, declaring presidency of the United States there at the end. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I was the first to get that. So, hey, thank you very much, Paul, for calling in. We really do appreciate that. And, uh, you know, if you do have problems, folks, just try back again. Let's go east of the Rockies and talk to Bernard in Media, Pennsylvania. I know that area. How are you, Bernard? How's your night going for you? I'm doing great. How's it, uh, how are you guys doing? Great. Hey, yeah, I just uh, I have a question. Actually, it, well, a little bit of backstory, but because um, I think Anthony's Ouija board app might be the perfect thing for me. Um, but this is actually a little embarrassing. Just a little backstory. Uh, my beloved wife Farrah uh, passed away several years ago, and being that I'm a very spiritual person, um, you know, I I wanted to contact her via Ouija board to kind of see if I get permission to see the relationship, and you know, it spelled out N O. So I said, okay, you know, I'm just going to let it go. I'm not going to pursue anything. And unfortunately, as time passed, I got more lonely. I went back to the Ouija board again, and it spelled out the letters ED. And I thought it was, you know, Edward or Ed. And eventually, I did start to date again later down the road. And what do you know? I have a medical condition ED now. And I was so frustrated and annoyed that I destroyed my Ouija board, and now I kind of regret it, and I regret everything about it, and I kind of wanted to know if in the future maybe the Ouija board app could be the thing for me to kind of get in touch with my beloved wife again and maybe, uh, you know, heal this medical condition that I have uh, been plagued with. You know, um, thank you for your call. Right, yeah, thank you so much, and again, I'm very sorry for your loss. Um, this is the reason why I take my work so seriously, Connie. Uh, this is the reason why prematurely release an app like my Ouija board app until I feel it is 100% um, capable and ready to deliver responses and replies that are uh, being derived through technology for the purpose of helping people. I'm not in it for making money. This is, I'm not, not going to release apps that you know are based on nothing because you know, a gentleman like Paul will come along 
uh, and you know, and show you how sincere he is about using the technology for personal matters. I get emails every week from around from around the world from people who are seeking out technology to make contact with a loved one. And it's so devastating when I get an email from a parent who lost a child, or you know, uh, a, a person who lost a grandparent who they uh, absolutely adored. And they, they come to me and they literally say, you know, I want to use, you know, such and such app to see if I can make contact. Uh, there was, you know, some unfinished business between us. You know, there was questions that I had. And if I weren't sincere, if I weren't absolutely devoted to this cause, um, you know, it'd be very difficult to, to work in this business. Um, I've lost loved ones. And I use my apps for my own personal reasons as well. Uh, but I also use the Ouija board. I, you know, I'll use any type of, like, you know, like a ghost box, you know, like a physical analog ghost box to try to, you know, make connections. I don't want to go into my personal, you know, reasons for my own use of the technology. But I'm like everybody else. I'm a human being, and I have had experiences that have propelled me to want to employ this technology. Uh, but again, you know, I get messages every week from people that, are, you know, have these stories that, that really pull out your emotions, they tug at your heart, they tug at your emotions, and, and it puts you in a position where you realize you're in this because you want to help. Imagine a soldier the size of an insect. The ultimate secret weapon. You give God-like powers to everyone, it's going to be chaos. So how do we stop him? with uh, Anthony Sanchez right now with Coast to Coast AM. He's talking about software that he has developed or is developing with Ghost Hunter apps and uh, also Ouija board type app uh, possibly to be. And, uh, you know, Anthony, it is a scary thing sometimes to where people, sometimes they depend so much on these boards for answers or, uh, you know, other people for answers where, uh, sometimes they can just get that answer, well, all the time they can get that answer within with their own intuition. And uh, sometimes when these other things kind of go wrong or if uh, some unnatural entity jumps in, uh, you're going to get the wrong answers. And so it's a very tough thing to, um, I don't know, you know. Uh, sometimes uh, there's some things I'll jump right into and other things I guess I've learned kind of the hard way or seen a lot of things that you want to use wisdom. So I know that you will also be very wise when you put things together for people, not just to make it safe, but uh, to warn them about what they're getting into. I know that you would do things like that. So let's take another phone call here. We have a wild card line to uh, John in Long Beach, California. Hey there, John. Good Welcome morning. Welcome to LBC. Uh, I, want to, I have two questions. One is, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are already worried about their sons and daughters spending too much time on uh, on their smartphones. And then somebody takes on a religious conviction that uh, 
you know the term divination. Uh, the Catholics uh, have that. They have that word for if you, you know you're trying to uh, contact the spirit world. They have a fear of that. They, uh, you know, George Nor himself has come out like he doesn't like Ouija board. How do you reconcile that? Uh, that uh, have you got any any uh, pushback from uh, people that you know the religious convictions don't want them their kids or anybody messing with an app like uh, like uh, a Ouija board, you know, or just in general contacting the spirit world because a lot of people don't believe that it actually happens. And the second question would be, how can you do a Ouija board? And you put up there, we have with all the logarithms and algorithms that you have to do to get uh, an app done, just numbers, zero, one, zero, one, all that. How do you actually know it, that spirit could get through all that and you're not, you're not just getting some sort of probability thing based on algorithms and, and logarithms? You know, that's not, it wouldn't be based on the spirit world anyway. It'd just be sort of like, uh, you know, that eight ball used to shake up and it would come up, uh, you know what I mean? It would come up, you know, different answers each time. You, you wouldn't, you know, you, you wouldn't think there would be anything spiritual about it. Right. John, thank you very much. Thank you, yeah, John. Yeah, two excellent questions. Uh, I'll, I'll answer the second one first. Yeah, you're talking about statistical analysis. And a lot of people will tell you that, well, if you're working with algorithms and you're working with subroutines and you're working, you know, in, in a programmatic environment, aren't we just dealing with statistics as opposed to physically contacting, you know, entities or energies or spirits or ghosts? And that's a hard, that's a hard, uh, uh, you know, uh, answer, uh, that's a hard question to answer because those same people will actually will, will, you know, bring up the topic of analog equipment, like, like a ghost box, like a Frank's box. Let's talk about the Frank's box. What does a Frank's box do? Well, it scans radio frequencies, and it's, you know, for the purpose of radio, so we're scanning radio that allows real-time two-way communication uh, with the other side, potentially. And this is via persistent scanning of radio frequency. So we're trying to establish patterns of phrases, patterns of words that can give us phrases. So are we dealing, are we dealing with statistical analysis? Potentially. Are we dealing with a technology that could be putting us in contact with an entity? Potentially. So there is no real answer to that question. Uh, we're doing that the we're doing the best we can to provide the tools to allow us to make communication with the other side. To answer his first question, I receive emails all every week uh, from people um, who are questioning, you know, who, who who ask me to question myself about what I'm doing. Should I be developing ghost boxes? Should I be developing Ouija boards? Uh, many people tell me that the one application that I developed uh, called the Q3 meter is like a Ouija board because it's scanning electromagnetic frequencies and it's interacting with you. It's like the K2 meter, which most people are familiar with on the TV shows. The K2 meter is a really cool tool that is used to essentially uh, scan the electromagnetic field. And a lot of ghost hunters and a lot of paranormal researchers believe that a K2 uh, meter uh, will put you uh, in direct contact with uh, uh, an entity that is affecting the EMF uh, and answering your questions by disrupting the EMF so that the lights, you know, blink uh, in response. Uh, and again, there's a signal strength factor. That's exactly what my Q3 meter app, uh, application does as well. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of wiggle room here. There's a lot of uh, so there's no perfect answer, and, and the, the Q3 meter is like a keyboard, uh, it's like, excuse me, like a Ouija board, and I get people to complain about that particular app, saying, hey, aren't you afraid that kids are going to get their hands on this app? 
I don't have an answer for that. For one, my applications are not meant for children. They're meant for adults who are part of the paranormal community who are researching and investigating. Yeah, and it's not even meant for some adults. <laughs> you really have to be careful with these things. Um, you know, we're running out of time. I do uh, want to pass on just uh, let's see if we can uh, throw out a couple questions here from people on the line. Um, there's uh, Brian Wynn in Las Vegas. He wants to know how you protect yourself when using a Ouija board. And uh, also in New York City, uh, Frank has uh, called in from the wild card line and says Crowley used Ouija for higher purpose, if you can answer those briefly. Well, I'm not really familiar with the work of uh, Aleister Crowley, but I will say that um, with regards to the Ouija board, um, I took a cue from Steve Huff. If you ever watched any of the Steve Huff, Huff Paranormal videos, uh, before he starts any session, you know, he, he makes a proclamation where he's quite literally projecting the message that he will not allow any negative entities to harm him or his family uh, during the course of his session, and that he only invites a peaceful spirit uh, spirits that are willing to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, are willing to work with him to help uh, answer questions for those people that he's helping, uh, something along those lines. Um, and he does meditation. Uh, I also meditate. You know, meditation is an important fact, uh, important part of my life, uh, especially with all the stressful, you know, all the stress that comes with having a company like Ghost Hunter Ops. I have to meditate at least, you know, a couple times a day. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, I think meditation and uh, uh, projecting this uh, thought that you do not want to have negative entities uh, around you or you, know, you don't want them invited, you're, that you're not inviting them into your space during your ITC session, that's very important. One of the uh, other uh, comments that we have here, East of the Rockies, uh, Catherine from Queens, her, uh, she was calling in to say that there's weird smells and things in the apartment and wanting to know what to do, and I'm just going to say right now, run. <laughs> but what's your answer? <laughs> I would, I, you know, um, I'm not a demonologist. Uh, I don't know, you know, if she's smelling sulfur or whatever. I don't, I can't, I'm not qualified to answer that question is what I'm trying to say. That's when you call a professional, someone like Jason McLeod that we talked to earlier, right. Bishop James Long, people like that. When you have stuff like that going on, definitely get a hold of somebody local for you. And uh, we'd appreciate that you do that so that we can do everything right and keep people safe for sure because you've heard, you've heard what the experts tonight have been saying. In fact, Anthony, uh, I'm going to have to say thank you very much. And tell me before we go where to see you, where to find your links, what's going on with you next. I'd like to recommend that everybody visit my new website called ParanormalShock.tv. At ParanormalShock.tv, I'm working with Noreen Belovich, Dave Spink, Steve Huff, yourself, Connie, and David yeah. Weatherly, the author of The Black Eyed Kids. Uh, we are going to be uh, creating three explosive episodes of how to use paranormal technology uh, at haunted locations. And, again, you can see all, all about that at ParanormalShock.tv. And nowhere are you gonna are you gonna be? Don't you have like a yearly conference? You know, I have a conference in Sacramento called the UFO Paranormal Summit, and mm -hmm. I'm working with uh, my research partner Rick Prestel, also from the Sacramento area, to bring that conference uh, back to the Americas. So we're really excited about that. Excellent. So there'll be information about that at ufohighway.com and at ghosthunterapps.com. 
Okay, great. And uh, any more advice for anybody with these apps or trying to buy apps to make sure that they get the right ones, even if it's not yours? Any other advice for people? Right. Make sure that when you're researching an app for the, the, for the paranormal uh, field that the developer is, is reputable, that there's, no, there's nothing questionable about the developer, um, that, that they have um, – uh, lots of experience. Uh, I have a degree. I have a, a degree in, uh, in uh, computer information systems, uh, with an emphasis in uh, software, advanced software engineering. Uh, make sure that the person that's developing the apps is educated and has the experience to put something together responsible. And you think that in the future we're going to have something uh, from you for other creatures, not just uh, ET, not just uh, ghosts, but. Bigfoot. I have a couple of applications in the works for the cryptozoology uh, field. That's going to be very exciting stuff. Okay. How do you know? You know, just real quick. How do you know the difference? How you got to explain that to me again? How how does it know that whatever that blip is? You know, can it determine? It's like metal detectors. Oh, this is gold. It beeps like this, and it's gold. It beeps like this, it's silver. Is that what yours is going to do? Well, I'm actually working with some well-known cryptozoologists who are helping me uh, discern what the um, the human ear can actually. Uh, Make of, of sounds that are out, of, that are in upper frequencies and lower frequencies um, through software. So I gotcha. for Bigfoot, for Bigfoot, for instance. So we're going to have an application that uh, cryptozoologists can take with them on the field, set on a rock in the middle of a forest, and record and see if they can uh, detect sounds that are outside. Uh, I love it. I love it. Hey, hey, we got to run, okay? But thank you very much, everybody. Go check him out at Ghost Hunters. Apps.com. Connie Willis here from the 840 WHS studios of iHeartMedia in Louisville, Kentucky. And special thanks to Bill Gentry, Kelly Carls, Kirk Wesley, Tim Banal. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.